Summertime has arrived, and as of this weekend, so is TakeOver Chicago and Money in the Bank. What is up, people? This is The Shark Attack with yours truly, Sean Williams. As mentioned in that little intro, we got Money in the Bank coming up this weekend, and of course, NXT TakeOver Chicago, and a whole hell of a lot more tonight to talk about. So with that being said, people, it's time for a mic drop. Let the battle come of course, this week we had the go-home shows before the pay-per-view. I guess it's still called a pay-per-view, but ever since they started showing them all on the WWE Network, I think we just used the name out of habit because I don't know how the heck you would call them anything else at this point, even though it's on a streaming service. But Raw and SmackDown had their go-home shows, and of course we're heading into NXT TakeOver Chicago, which... I'm hoping to get surprised by this card because with the exception of two matches, I'm just not feeling the same vibe that I normally have from it. And of course, by the two matches, I'm talking about the street fight between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, which I also conducted a poll for From the Mouth of the Shark to asking who would come out on top in that one. More on that one later. And of course, the other match I'm looking forward to is Ricochet versus the Velveteen Dream which I also did a poll on that one. Again, more on that later when we do From the Mouth of the Shark. But, you know, sidestepping away from WWE, we had a lot of title changes take place in New Japan. Kenny Omega won the IWGP heavyweight title. Chris Jericho won the IWGP intercontinental title. And, of course, we got new IWGP tag team champions in the Young Bucks. So, you know... It's one of these times where I actually wish that I had that I had a channel where I could actually watch New Japan wrestling. But I got cuz I got to tell you from what I'm seeing or from what I'm hearing, I'm I'm missing out on some pretty damn good wrestling. Frankly, I'm not surprised by this cause considering I feel like when it comes to pro wrestling, New Japan treats it like an art form. And and really, they got a hot commodity in guys like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And I feel like Chris Jericho's kind of revitalized his career from going to New Japan. And the guy will draw no matter where he goes. So once again, to to Kenny, Chris, and the Young Bucks, mad props to, the, to all you guys. You definitely deserve every bit of it. So, Baron Corbin debuted his new baldo look. He shaved his hair and now is coming out in a suit. Anybody else feel like it's Corporate Kane 2.0? I mean, maybe some people are seeing where in the long term this could lead for Baron Corbin. I'm just not seeing it. I still feel like the whole constable gimmick... It's like they only gave it to him because they couldn't think of anything better to do for him. Then again, it's much like an NXT where eventually they ran out of what to actually do with the guy. Because let's face it, when it comes to really tall or 
big guys in NXT. We haven't really seen a whole lot done with any of them. Well, maybe with the exception of the Wyatt family, but that's another story. But, you know, I gotta say, for Money in the Bank, aside from the ladder matches, and, of course, Nakamura versus AJ, I'm not sure what else I'm really looking forward to with that card. I mean, everything else just kind of feels like filler. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong on that one, but it just feels like there's not a whole lot of... Uh, other than the ladder matches that are really drawing me to that to that card. But again, I've been wrong before, and they may surprise you. Anyway, since we got a lot to cover, going to take a quick break. So we'll be right back right after this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Brian H. Waters, and you're listening to The Shark Attack with Sean Williams. Mad props to the to Mr. Main Event, Brian Waters. Ho, co co-host of the wrestling realm with his with the real deal Dwayne Allen which oh correction the now Eric Bischoff approved wrestling realm which because if you haven't checked out their their video which pays homage to the NWO definitely worth checking that out and of course check out Brian's show break it down with Brian H it's definitely the best wrestling intelligence reporting that you will ever find anyway there is one gripe I gotta have about Raw, and frankly, I'm kind of sick. I'm almost getting sick of having to talk about it. But once again, this is the question authority moment. Who's in charge over there? This is aggravating me now. What? I can't count on you people. Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. Was I really seeing an obstacle course? I mean, look, it goes without saying that. I'm not holding the highest hopes for this match. As a matter of fact, I think that uh, Sami Zayn is probably going to get his ass handed to him ten ways from Sunday. But the way they're trying to book Bobby Lashley, it's like they're trying to the Roman Reigns effect. And that's just not going to work. I mean, at least, for better or for worse, TNA was at least able to find something with Bobby Lashley. Maybe it wasn't the best thing or most entertaining, but at least they found something with him. Feels like WWE really isn't giving him the chance here, and that's a big problem for Bobby Lashley. Elsewhere, um, given this is more of a former wrestler, but um, we had CM Punk with his second UFC fight, and lo and behold, he lost. Given he at least survived the fight and made it through all three rounds, but the judges, when he went to the dis- when he went the distance, the judges voted unanimously that he lost. And if you're thinking, what's next? A third fight? Not in UFC. He won't. Dana White in a press conference basically said that that was it. He Dana White is not an idiot. He knows that there is no money to be made from a guy who basically gets his butt whipped on a regular basis anytime he's set foot in the octagon. The first time CM Punk got into the into the octagon, he didn't last two minutes in the first round. This time, he, had me, he at least made it through the fight, but the judges voted unanimously that he got manslaughtered in, that, in the octagon. He got slaughtered, he got demolished, he got just flat-out 
broken in that cage to the point where he ended up having to go to the hospital afterwards. <laughs> Corey Graves apparently had some choice words indicating indicating that I get since he and Punk used to be friends, Punk has cut himself off from just about anybody who he called friends that are still in the WWE. Which, you know, I gotta say this. Anything, I've heard plenty of horror stories about CM Punk that he's just not, not exactly the guy you want to be around, that he's kind of a, he's kind of a prick. But, you know, for a guy that seems to just spit on the pro wrestling industry, he isn't exactly making a whole lot of effort to try and distance himself from it. And anyone that's going to say, but he's in UFC, is at least trying something different. He's still coming out to, to cult of personality, and he's still holding on to the CM Punk name. And I know some people are saying, but he owns the name. Yeah, well, if he really wanted to distance himself from pro wrestling, maybe he'd stop using it. Maybe he'd stop using that music. But no. Instead, he looks like just an overblown hypocrite. So, some people are wondering why the hate on CM Punk. Here's my beef with him. I don't like the way he left. I don't like that he did the whole took it, took his ball and went home. And also, I've never exactly cared for when he called himself the best in the world. Because honestly, I've never felt he was the best in the world. And I've said numerous times, I can name two guys that I would easily name as the best in the world, and, it, and none of those two names are CM Punk. AJ Styles. And <laughs> Brian Danielson, now known as Daniel Bryan. Those two guys I would call the best in the world. They deserve the title of best in the world. CM Punk was good, but he wasn't that good. Oh, and speaking of CM Punk, even though he's technically never held the Universal title, Brock Lesnar has surpassed the, I guess you could say, main title championship reign and has held the belt longer than Punk has. Here's one thing I will say about CM Punk in a positive light, that as opposed to Brock. At least Punk defended the belt and worked a full-time schedule, which is the least I can say about Brock, who hasn't done that in years. Brock wants to impress me. Let's see him actually defend the damn belt. Which, frankly, I have yet to see him actually do it. But that's because I've always called Brock Lesnar a hired merc. He's just a hired gun, will do anything for the paycheck, and that's all. So on top of Ronda Rousey having her first singles match in WWE taking place this weekend, it was also announced that Ronda Rousey would be joining the UFC Hall of Fame. Rightfully so on that one. She gained a lot of prestige and got a lot of media attention for UFC when she joined up with them. And, look, for better, regardless of how her last two fights went, she deserves every bit of it. She's still going to go down as one of the greatest fighters ever and definitely 
set the revolution for the female fighters in UFC, which I don't think they really had much of one until until she came along. And again, mad props to her, and it's well-deserved. And, you know, most of my predictions that I had for um, for Money in the Bank and for TakeOver, a lot of it I'm going to be talking about in From the Mouth of the Shark when I go over the poll results. But there are some things that may happen this weekend that I didn't that I didn't do a poll for or ask in the on my Facebook group. So I'll just talk about that a little bit right now. One of which is is the SmackDown tag titles. You know, here's here's my stance on it. I'm happy for Harper and Rowan actually getting a run as tag as a tag team and getting a legit run with the tag team titles. There's still moments where I thought where I still think if this was so simple, why didn't you have them do it when they were still part of the Wyatt family instead of having them carrying around these little foam ma- foam sledge mallets and calling themselves Bludgeon Brothers? And there's few tag teams that I can think of that are being more undervalued and underused than Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. I mean, these are Bullet Club elite, and they definitely can go and are an entertaining tag team to watch. Yet I feel like they've just been floundering around and doing absolutely nothing. That being said, as much as I would love to see them win the tag titles, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the Bludgeons are going to drop the belts. But it's been there's been speculation about it um, since this morning on other podcast shows, and I think they might have some merit here where Sanity may finally make their debut and just lay out everybody. I mean, well, let's face it. Sanity debuts, they're not going to debut as a face team. They're definitely going to be heels. And frankly, I think this group is its what they're made for. I will say this for SmackDown. I think their tag team division is in better shape than Raw's. I mean, when Matt Hardy started doing the whole Woken slash broken thing. I thought, thank God. And then when the whole Bray Wyatt thing started, I thought it was getting it was interesting and seeing wanting to see where it would go. But now I feel like it's just there and I'm kinda shrugging it off, thinking, Okay, bored now. And it's not a not the fault on Matt Hardy or Bray Wyatt. It's just like always, it comes down to the stupid booking and just not utilizing them right. And frankly, they don't have competition. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Every champion is only as good as the competition he has. He or she has. And in terms of when it comes to having competition for their champions, this is one area where WWE seems to struggle a little bit. No matter who's the champion. And here's the th- I'll say this about the B team. I actually think they're a little entertaining. I mean, it's probably the most that I've seen out of out of Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas in, well, ever. I mean, truthfully, I thought at one point I was saying that they should have joined the Wyatt family when that was still a stable, but 
and but they had something going, I guess, with as the Miztourage. But now as the B team, they have something going. But um, yeah, that's another situation where again I don't see them dropping the, I don't see them dropping the tag titles. I don't see the B team getting the win here. But you know, speaking of how Raw is having problems with their division or with their tag team division, where the heck are the authors of pain? I mean, I can't be the only one that notices that that team is missing in action. I mean, if you're just going to have them just go AWOL like this, then why'd you even bother bringing them up from NXT? And Triple H apparently had some questions in a conference, in some in a press conference or media appearance for talking about the two shows taking place. Surprisingly enough, EC3 is not on the card, but the reason being for that is because of the fact that, according to Triple H, they already have a stacked card, and with the amount of talent they got, there just was no place for them. He also said that splitting the Authors of Pain from Paul Ellering was actually not his decision. And that supposedly they're ready to pair another NXT talent up with Paul Ellering when the when the opportunity presents itself. You know, I'm starting to think that probably the reason Paul Ellering was split from the Authors of Pain is because he didn't want the travel schedule. I mean, at least with NXT, it's simpler. Since they do the since they do their tapings at the same place, there's minimal travel for him. And I think he'd, at his age he'd rather have that. There's no harm in that. I mean, my only issue is just the fact that, for the authors of pain, Ackerman and Rizar are not good talkers. They're basically the big gorillas that were being managed by Paul Ellering, and Ellering did the talking. And it worked. Now it's just a matter of if there is another talent that will that Paul Ellering will manage. Just a matter of who it is. If it's somebody that's already on there or somebody that we've yet to see. First thought I had was EC3, but EC3 can talk enough he does not need a manager. So you definitely would have to give it to somebody who can actually not talk to save his own life. Side note, please do not let it be Lars Sullivan. Which, by the way, that's one per one match that I actually didn't do a poll for on, on my Facebook group. And that's really because, as I've said in previous weeks, that I just really don't care. And that's Alistair Black and Lars Sullivan. Some people see something in Lars. I don't. Anytime I look at that guy... I see Ezekiel Jackson, I see Vladimir Kozlov, I see Brackus, I see A1, I see Rob Terry, I see Snitsky. All of these guys I see, and they're just, they're big guys. <laughs> oh, one more. I see Nathan Jones. All, of the, all these guys were big guys, and they did absolutely jack. Whether it's lack of charisma or lack of talent or both. 
I mean, it, I'm just not buying it with Lars. To me, he looks like every other musclehead. <laughs> Last musclehead that I remembered seeing that, that I wasn't impressed with. Titus O'Neil. And frankly, I'm still not the biggest Titus fan. I think the whole Titus Worldwide thing has gotten old. And once a... But <laughs> you take that away, then you're back to where you started with Apollo Crews. Knowing, ab knowing absolutely jack on what to do with them. But... Um... You know, I was going to say how, um... Oh, one other match that... Of course, it's taking place on Money in the Bank that I don't care about. Is Jinder Mahal and Roman Reigns? I'm sorry, but you could not get me to care about this match. I'm not a fan of Ro of Roman Reigns, and I definitely don't like Jinder Mahal. Jinder <laughs> just does not impress me. I mean, I've given him chance after chance after chance. Well, not not as much as other guys, but at least I've been patient. And frankly, I just am not impressed. And then Roman. <laughs> the only thing I could say about this match, don't close the show with it. Because it's just going to be a train wreck if you do. But, um, yeah, I gotta say this. Money in the Bank has definitely evolved from when it first when it first came to be. I mean, hell, I remembered watching it when when Rob Van Dam won it, when Edge won it, but that was just when it was a special thing for WrestleMania, and it was fitting at that time because you thought you looked at WrestleMania like it was the new uh, the new year for pro wrestling. That after Mania was over, clean slate. The whole new thing starts. And that was what Money in the Bank was about. It was about somebody that, at that time, if they hadn't really established themselves or haven't really hit that glass ceiling, then this was their way to begin the wrestling year anew. And, act, and if they were lucky... They ended up cashing in and ended up walking away as a world champion. I mean, it, it worked wonders for a lot of guys like Edge, Rob Van Dam, and so many others. It worked. And it's, it's now that it has its own pay-per-view, pay it honestly is joined amongst the top pay-per-views WWE has. I mean, let's face it. I mean, look at Sur I mean, let's face it. Survivor Series while traditional, it's also dated and it's not like you have elimination matches anymore. I remember when I watched Survivor Series, the whole point of it was to build. It was used as a tool to help set up or continue storylines that were going on in the WWE. There were no titles that were defended in, on it at first. But that's what it was about. Now it's like it, keep, it keeps its name for nostalgia purposes only, but for the most part, nobody remembers what the 
the Survivor Series is all about. It'll be a miracle if anyone does. Alright, so real quick before we jump into From the Mouth of the Shark, we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be right back right after this. This is Brian H. Waters, co-host of The Wrestling Realm and the host of Break It Down with Brian H. You're listening to The Shark Attack with Sean Williams. Once again, a big thank you to Brian H. Waters, good friend of mine, him and Dwayne Allen, both good friends and very smart guys when it comes to the talking pro wrestling. And make sure you check out their their show, or check out The Wrestling Realm, and of course Brian's show, Break It Down. And anybody else that's got a show they want to plug on here, hit me up, and I'll give you the contact info as soon as, as, soon as we reach the end of the show. Now, that being said... It's time for some wrestling knowledge of my own, and of course, from you people, here is From the Mouth of the Shark. Smile, you son of a bitch! Alright, once again, this is From the Mouth of the Shark, and like I said, I took to the polls on my Facebook group, The Shark Attack. Make sure you guys, if you, you find it on Facebook, and sign up for it. That way you can participate in the polls too, and submit any questions that you got that you want me to answer for the show. First one, who wins the street fight at TakeOver Chicago? Tommaso Ciampa or Johnny Gargano? So, looking at the poll, we got we got three, three to one on this one. Three in favor of Tommaso Ciampa, one in favor of Johnny Gargano, although I'll give an honorable mention to uh, Dwayne Allen, who said he picks Johnny Gargano for this one. So, makes it three to two. Here's I was one of the ones that picked Tommaso Ciampa. Here's the reason why. Or here's a few reasons. One is that I just can't see uh, Tommaso Ciampa losing back-to-back takeover matches against Johnny Gargano. He has to have a match where he does win it. You gotta throw him a bone. Besides, here's that leads me to the next reason. Just because Tommaso Ciampa would win the street fight doesn't mean this feud is going to end this weekend. I guarantee you, this feud does not end on Saturday. You're going to have one more match, then you're going to take a breather between the two, and then, at some point, you let, and this is my personal preference on this one, you let Tommaso Ciampa win the NXT title, and then the only way for Johnny Gargano to win the NXT title is he has to go through the man that's haunted him through most of his career. It adds prestige to the belt, it adds attention to the belt, but also it adds triumph to when Johnny Gargano does win the NXT title. So, again, I think Tommaso Ciampa is going to win, and according to the poll, it seems to think that too. But just again, just because Ciampa wins the street fight doesn't mean this war is anywhere close to being over, not by a long shot. Alright, next poll that we got. And we had quite, I had quite a few of them for you guys. So, this goes to Money in the Bank. Does Elias walk out of, the, out of Money in the Bank as the new Intercontinental Champion? So, we have, we have three to one. Three say yes. One says no for those that participated in the poll. I was one of the ones that went with yes on that one. I think this is the closest thing that we've seen to an actual feud for Elias. And maybe they're thinking, maybe because they're pleased with what they've seen of him so far, maybe they're thinking, 
Let's give him a belt and see what he can do. Now, just because they're taking a gamble with this, if they have him win the match, doesn't mean it's exactly right. I mean, let's let's face it. I mean, anything is a gamble in pro wrestling, but there is the, always the chance that you give him the Intercontinental title and it could backfire on him. Seth Rollins will be okay with a win or a loss, so it won't hurt him any if he drops the belt. But again, my prediction is, and according to the poll as well, that Elias will become the new Intercontinental Champion. Alright, next poll we got. This is for the men's money in the bank. So I asked, who wins the men's money in the bank? And for those that haven't, that don't remember who's in it, you have The Miz, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, one of the members of New Day, Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, Bobby Roode, and Rusev. You know, at first I would have loved to have seen Braun Strowman win. I just feel like they're making it too obvious. I mean, the way he's demolished everybody just makes me think, maybe it won't be him. Now, according to the poll, four people have voted for The Miz to win Money in the Bank. Two people have voted Samoa Joe. One has gone for Kevin Owens. Here's the reason why I think Samoa Joe is should be the one to win. And one is because he has yet to touch gold ever since he set foot on the main roster, given most of it was because of injury. The other, I can see him cashing in, or winning money in the bank, and then cashing in if AJ Styles is still the champion, cashes in on AJ Styles, and then it sets up a new feud for AJ with an old rival in Samoa Joe. And let's face it, if you, need, if you wanted somebody to be a good top heel champion... Joe can do it. So, my vote on that one went to Samoa Joe. Even though the majority of you that voted on this one thought think that The Miz would, would be the one to win, which nece- wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing either. He's definitely evolved and revitalized himself from when he first held the WWE title. So I think if you had him win the WWE title, this would be a great deal different than his last run. Next money, the next one is about the other money in the bank match. And this one is who wins the women's money in the bank. So we got Natalia, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Naomi, Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, Ember Moon, and Lana. And according to the poll, four of you that the four four of you that participated vote think Natalia. And then two think Becky Lynch. I, I'm the only one who's actually picking Sasha Banks. The reason I think Sasha Banks is because if you wanted to turn her heel, this would be the best way to do it. And let's face it, I always felt Sasha worked better as a heel. Now, as far as Becky Lynch, I'm not against that pick either. Becky has not exactly gotten much of a push ever since she lost the belt on SmackDown. So I think this could benefit her too. And as far as Natalia, you know, I can see the possibility that Ronda Rousey wins over Nia Jax, and then Natalia cashes in on her and takes the belt. But at the same time, I would have to actually believe that the WWE would have Nia Jax drop the belt, and I'm not sure I'm ready to believe that right now. 
So I'm sticking with, even though you guys picked Natalia and Becky Lynch over Sasha, I'm sticking with my pick over Sasha. Next one that we got is who will hold the NXT North American title after Adam Cole? And the choices are the following. Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, or EC3. And in the, and according to the, according to the poll, looks like three to one, seem to be voting for Ricochet. Which, I have no issue with that at all. Honestly, I can't help but just stare with my mouth just gaping open, just because I'm in disbelief at the talent and the charisma in a guy like Ricochet. I mean, I haven't seen stuff like this since the X-Division in TNA in its infancy. Ricochet is just a total phenom. And when The Rock called him the future, I say no kidding. So I would say Ricochet of those three will be the next one to hold the North American title after Adam, after Adam Cole, who by that time I would assume Adam Cole would be going for the NXT title. And, of course, the next one I got is the women's match. I asked, who, which is most likely to happen to these two for the women's titles? Ronda Rousey defeats Nia Jax in a new Raw champion, or Asuka defeats Carmella, new SmackDown champion? And, according to the poll, 3-1, to one, it's 3-1, to one, Ronda triumphing over Nia Jax. Here's the reason why I picked Asuka. I feel like she hasn't really done a whole lot ever since losing to Charlotte. I don't know whether it's intentional or it's the Goldberg syndrome where after the streak is over, the charisma and the, charisma and the mystique is just gone. And I don't want to think that because Asuka is actually a good, is a great female wrestler. She is one of the best and I don't want to see that happen for her because I feel like there's so much more that can be done with her. But I feel like WWE hasn't been able to truly utilize her ever since WrestleMania. But I do feel like we it is most likely we will see a cash-in no matter who wins, regardless of who wins in the women's title matches. Well, correction. If Ronda wins, I could see somebody cashing in on her. But if Asuka wins, I can definitely see somebody cashing in on her. But I'm worried that that would also diminish the mystique on Asuka. But nevertheless, you guys seem to think Ronda will beat Nia Jax. But I feel like they're waiting on SummerSlam before they do some move like that. And another next one is, who comes out on top and with this match at TakeOver Chicago? Ricochet, or the Velveteen Dream. Now, according to the poll, we got, at first it was tied 2-2, but another honorable mention to Dwayne Allen, say, who said he picked Ricochet for that one. Which, I gotta agree, I was, I was the one that picked Ricochet. I mean, Velveteen Dream is getting better and better. I'll give him credit where it's due. But if it's between him and Ricochet, I will choose Ricochet in half a heartbeat. 
I just feel like there is so much more to discover with Ricochet. Nah. <laughs> and I think the talent that we've seen out of him since he's come to NXT, it's just the beginning. And the last one that I did is for the NXT Women's Championship, where I asked, who walks out with the NXT Women's Championship? And 3-2, to two, it seems that three in a score of 3-2, to two, you guys feel that Shayna Baszler will retain the title over Nikki Cross. This is another one where I think that Nick, that even if Nikki Cross doesn't walk out with the championship this Sunday or this Saturday, this feud isn't over between the two. And I would hope not because, frankly, they haven't set up anybody else look, to look like a legit contender for Shayna Baszler. But also, I don't want to drop. I don't want her dropping the belt because I feel like if she does, then they're just going to move her up. And frankly, you fle- you fleeced NXT enough, WWE. Just wait till next year before you bring up any more talent. And you know, some people were still questioning why Nikki Cross didn't come up with Sanity if when they make their debut. Well, first off, they still haven't made their debut yet on TV. Second, if you think about it, look what happened with Carmella when Enzo and Cass were called up. They went up and she didn't. But it enabled her to own her craft more without them and stand on her own two feet. So I think they made the right call in keeping Nikki Cross in NXT. She can always join up with Sanity later, but for right now, it's time for her to make a name for herself without the group. And I think she's more than capable of it. Which, by the way, rumor is that James Ellsworth would return and help Carmella beat Asuka. First off, that's got to be a rumor. Second, there's no way WWE would hire him back. Third, don't. Just don't. Carmella has done so much more and made so many strides on her own two feet without that human troll. You bring him back, even if it's a one-night thing, it's going to just pull a complete 180 on her, and you're going to have to start all over again. And you don't need that with Carmella. Plain and simple. And, of course, well, not not done in the polls, but I'll bring this one up, the last man standing match between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. I think if a SmackDown guy wins the money in the bank, and if AJ actually pulls it off over Nakamura... We'll see a cash-in. Otherwise, I think this may be the last chance for Nakamura. And if he doesn't win this, then I don't know what the heck you do with him. But I feel like this is going to be the match that we've been wanting to see over the la- since the first time these two fought at WrestleMania. Not that the match was bad. I think we just put it on such a pedestal that we expected more. But now we're definitely going to get that. And I feel like having those two in a match where no rules apply except to beat the other guy senseless until they can't get up from a 10 count, it's fitting. But we will see what happens at NXT, or at NXT and at Money in the Bank. Alright, we're going to wrap things up for tonight. 
I want to thank you again for listening. And later this week, I'll post up a new episode of Variety Bites. And for both shows, I will say this. I'm not going to include the episode number because, frankly, it's like with the UFC numbers. Who can keep track anymore? But anyway, I want to thank you again for listening. Make sure you check out my Facebook group, The Shark Attack. Anybody can join in on that one. Of course, you can hit me up on Twitter at ApexSharkSW. And, like I said, hit me up on Facebook in the Shark Attack group or hit me up on Twitter if you want to get your plug in for for your show. Then, by all means, like, like Pat Banatar said in her song, hit me with your best shot. Fire away. Yeah, I know, I went 80s on there. Sue me. Anyway, I want to thank you guys again for listening. We'll be back next week talking money in the bank and everything else in between. Until then, this has been The Shark Attack. I'm Sean Williams. Good night now.